Have you been given the gift of leadership? The church doesn't need more bosses. The church doesn't need any bosses. The church needs servants. Servants with the gift of administration. Those that are gifted with leading are good with people. They're good people persons. They just work well with people. In the world, you might say that they have good customer relations. They're just able to calm people down and get people's eyes back on what's important. They're able to deal with that person that's complaining and upset over something and say, okay, we're going to help and serve you, but let's get back on track. It was a mistake. I'm sorry. Let us fix it for you. And they have a tendency to do that well. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Maybe you can think of someone that's really good at planning, to-do lists, getting things done, and motivating people. They have that God-given ability to guide and direct a group of people toward a goal or destination. That, in a nutshell, is the gift of leadership or administration, and is what we'll be talking about today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Ed is knee-deep in a series on the Holy Spirit. Take your Bibles, open them, would you, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, in a series we have been in looking at the spiritual gifts, the seven primary spiritual gifts that are listed for us here in Romans, that every single born-again believer has been given one of these gifts. Some of us have been given more than one of these gifts, but one is primary. One comes to the surface. One is how you were made to serve and then supernaturally empowered to serve. Notice with me in verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And if you're taking notes, we have defined these gifts in very simple terms. And as a way of reminder, we learned that prophecy is declaring the truth. The gift of ministry or service is practicing the truth. The gift of teaching is explaining the truth. The gift of exhortation is applying the truth. The gift of giving, as we saw last time, is supporting the truth. And today we're introduced to the gift of leading, or if you like to write in your Bibles, you can circle the word lead and write next to it, administrate. It's often referred to as the gift of administration or the gift of leading. This is known as organizing the truth. The word lead literally means to stand before others with the purpose of taking them somewhere. And God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to motivate inspire, organize, and direct others in the work of the kingdom. This gift refers to those that are gifted by God to organize and administrate God's work. 
It could be in a single area of service or ministry, like overseeing a ministry, or it could be in many different areas at the same time. But the gift of leading and administrating is very important to the church, very important to the cause of the kingdom, whether it's administrating a a church as a whole or an outreach or a partial part of the ministry, God has given us men and women that see that type of need and fill it very naturally and supernaturally. Now, the person with the gift of leading are often skilled in areas of management. You may be a business owner or a person in a position of management or a vice president or a CEO where you just are able to manage and lead and oversee both people and resources. A person with the gift of leading tend to be organized people, that they like to coordinate complicated activities or ministries. And they're often motivated by goals and enjoy tasks that involve dates and deadlines. You you may even see them walking around always writing things down or having their calendar out to be able to look ahead and to, they see something or they think of something, they write it down so they can take care of it and look how it might fit in the overall scheme of how they're already being used. People with the gift of administration often will use to-do lists to manage their day. And, and it's a neat thing. You don't have to have the gift to use a to-do list because it's a really cool tool, especially if you have a lot to accomplish. Number one, it helps you not to forget things because you write them down and you see you don't forget things very easily. Secondly, if you have a lot to do, when you put together a list like that, you can start marking things off and actually getting a sense of accomplishment as, because otherwise you'll just see all that needs to be done and think it'll last forever. But when you begin to list it out and knock this out, knock this out, you have 50 things and now you're done with 10, now we're done with 20, it's a really great tool to encourage you to finish things. But finally, having to-do lists, when you finish one, it's very satisfying. It's like, man, I had a lot to do, but look back at what God enabled me to accomplish. And usually on an administrator, a person with the gift of administration, when they're doing a to-do list, the last item usually on their to-do list is to make another to-do list. Because they're always seeing things to accomplish, to be taken care of person with the gift of leading or administration, they are known as self-starters, self-motivated type of people. They take the initiative on things. They don't tend to stand around waiting for something to do. They just do it and then make sure it gets done. As you'll see in later on in our time together, the gift of administration and leading really overlaps the gift of service where you just want to get, take care of things and get things done. If you have the gift of leading, you're a very resourceful person. And you know how to get what is needed, but you also know what to get that is needed. So you're able to see what all the needs might be and then motivate and move people, both human and otherwise, that are needed to take care of the task and finish it. If you have the gift of leadership or administration, it's a very frustrating thing for you to see things go unfinished. And you may even jump in and try to help get something done. Because when you view that part of your life, you view that part of the church, you view that part of situation at work, you just want to get things done. And you know how to get them done. So when you see something that's undone, it can be a little frustrating to you. You're a very committed person with this gift. You're known as a person with a stick-with-it kind of attitude. Or another way of putting that is, you're a person that usually isn't known for quitting and giving up in the middle. 
Not that you may not feel that way from time to time, but your gifting is such where you're going to endure and you're going to move forward and you're not going to quit. You're not known as a person that quits. People with the gift of leading have a tendency to want to get things done as quickly and as smoothly as possible so that the next time that situation comes up, you want it to be done even quicker and smoother because then you can get more done. And you actually think that way. How much more can I do? You're not the type of person that says, how much less can I do? If you have the gift of leading or administration, um, you're a person that tends to see the big picture. You're able to see more than what most folks see, and you're always thinking in a larger perspective. How will this decision affect this and that over there? And how about next year? There's a new term that's come up in the, recently in a few years, especially in the business training mode. You know, if you're taking a class on business administration, they'll talk about having this ability and developing this ability to see things in 360. And the idea behind that is that you just see the whole picture all the way around. Well, God has given a supernatural ability to take that and be able to see the big picture. Now, you got to understand something. The supernatural gift of administration is different than what you learned in college. It's different than what you might have picked up on the latest book that, that is want, you're wanting to be a better employee, you want to be a better supervisor, so you're learning these skills. You can learn administrative skills. You can take a class and you can read a book and you can learn administrative skills. What makes the spiritual gift of administration differently is the value that you place, first of all, on people and more importantly, on the glory of God. The 360 view that this person has that's spiritually gifted is how it affect people. How, and that's, why, that's how you can use this gift in the workplace. Because you are known as really caring about the people. Let, let me put it in different terms. How many of you have ever worked for a bad boss? Go ahead and just raise your hand. I won't tell on you at all. I have too. I've worked for bad bosses. How many of you, with your other hand, have worked for good bosses? Yeah, so many more hands, just in case you bosses are watching in or listening in right now. So many more hands. I mean, we've all worked for people that maybe they didn't have the skills to be put in that position. Or they did have the skills, but they weren't really good with people. Here's the key. This is something to really understand. The spiritual gift, this part you cannot overlook, the spiritual gift of leading and administration is specifically given to God for the sake of serving people. That's why he gave it to us. It's for people. To glorify his name and connect with people. And I can tell you this in a very practical way. With the left hand, the bad boss. With the right hand, the good boss. The difference, most of the time, wasn't how they ran their department. The difference, I'm sure, has everything to do with how they treated people. Or in particular, how they treated you. And that really is the difference. And that's the difference in the church. Listen, the church doesn't need more bosses. The church doesn't need any bosses. The church needs servants. Servants with the gift of administration. Those that are gifted with leading are good with people. They're good people persons. They just work well with people. In the world, you might say that they have good customer relations. They're just able to calm people down and get people's eyes back on what's important. They're able to deal with that person that's complaining and upset over something and say, okay, we're going to help and serve you, but let's get back on track. It was a mistake. I'm sorry. Let us fix it for you. And they have a tendency to do that well. 
They have a way of getting people to work with them. They have a way of motivating them happily and joyfully. Others enjoy working with the person with the gift of administration. People in the body will gravitate to them and follow them. Their reputation is, if you have the gift of leading in administration, your reputation is that you rarely lack people around you that are willing to serve. So let me just say this. If you're exercising the gift of administration, but you are horrible with people, you're not exercising the gift of administration because the two go together. God not only supernaturally gives you the ability to organize and put things together, but he also gives you the supernatural ability to serve people well. And you and I might need to grow in that, and I certainly have over the years, and I have so much more to grow for sure. Because, you know, as I teach this, that this is one of the primary gifts in my life. I'm gonna, I, I, I see things like that. I have the gift of administration, and it helps quite a bit in overseeing a church. A lot of times people with the gift of administration, they become very good administrative assistants. They are often overseeing ministries. They sometimes are pastors and leaders. They might be um, some business administration behind the scenes in a church. Like I said earlier in the world, it's usually in levels of management and oversight, maybe even an entrepreneur, although it's not exclusive, but generally so. Being good people persons, they have the ability to see a job that needs to be done and then find and motivate others to fill that need. They're also really good in the church of helping people discern their gifts and helping them find where they plug into the work of God. Since they see the bigger picture of what's going on and they see the needs, they also can see that in people's lives and say, you know, I think you'd be really good with this. Have you ever considered this? And a person with the gift of administration and leading, a good leader, will often see more potential in you than you see in yourself. And it might shock you that they approach you and ask you, hey, have you ever thought about this? Because they are spiritually gifted to see in people sometimes what people don't even see in themselves. People that have the gift of administration, these are men and women that can usually coordinate, lead ministries, without necessarily being gifted to do the ministry they're coordinating. They're just able to minister to people and get everyone going in the right direction. And it's amazing to watch them work. It really helps if you're overseeing or pastoring to, so that you can pray. Remember, you can pray for these gifts. As you sit here today, you go, well, I don't really have that. You can ask God to add this to your spiritual gifting so that you can walk forth in his gifting and not in your own strength. Now, turn your Bibles over to Mark chapter 6. Let me show you something. Mark chapter 6. As we're going through these studies, we're looking at the definition and characteristics, which we just did. And then secondly, we're going to look at how did it operate in the life of Jesus. Then thirdly, we're going to look at it how it operated in the early church. And then finally, we're going to look at some dangers and hazards. So here I want to show you something about the life of Jesus that maybe you never noticed before. The gift of administration. You'll see it throughout his life, but this is a great example It is a very familiar story. And because it's so familiar, this true episode in the life of Jesus, because it's so familiar, we might miss things that we can learn. It's the feeding of the 5,000. Everyone remembers the feeding of the 5,000, the loaves and the fish and the multiplying. It's an amazing thing. But let's read a little slower and a little more carefully, and let's see if we can't find the gift of administration in the life of Jesus. Notice with me verse 32 of Mark chapter 6. It says that they departed to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. 
But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. One of the giftings, one of the characteristics of someone with the gift of teaching or a gift of administration is that they're good observers. Now, when I'm discipling and pouring into people here, teaching leadership, I'm going to say, man, do really well with observation, just like Bible study. The more observations you make, the better Bible study that's going to come out. It's true in serving, being real sensitive and just being careful with what you see and being careful what you hear. It will make you a more effective man and woman in the hands of God to serve the people that God has placed in front of you and under your care, perhaps. But a person with the gift of leading and administration can't help but see things. See things that are broken. See things that aren't working. See things that need attention. They can't help but do that. And notice Jesus sees something. He sees a great multitude of people. But he sees more than that. The great multitude of people he described as sheep without a shepherd. Now, if you had 5,000 people following you and you were tired and wanted to get rest, do you really think you'd see 5,000 people as nice little sheep without a shepherd? Most likely you see them as a bother. Most likely you might, if you're really tired and exhausted after a long day or a week or a month of ministry and serving people, you just want to get away for a nap. You just want to take a nap and you see 5,000 people following you. Well, the disciples saw the same thing, but they came to the different conclusion. They didn't see him. They didn't have compassion. Instead, it says in verse 35, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Well, that's a great observation, disciples. There's a lot of people here. Jesus says, I'm going to teach them and love them because they're sheep without a shepherd. The disciples said, Get out of here. We're done. We're tired. We want rest. Here's a group of people that see the exact same thing that Jesus does, but Jesus sees needs and Jesus sees people and he sees. His heart is moved over the broken condition of their lives. But, he says in verse 37, he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? Now this is interesting because somebody in the group did some math in their head. Somebody did. Assessing the size, what do we need to give them? You know, 200 denarii was like 200 days wages. So they figured out to feed all of them just to give them enough bread, just bread. It would take about 200 days wages. At least that was their estimate. So somebody among that group had the, had the ability to see and start to organize and maybe think, well, because they still came to a conclusion that's way beyond their ability, but at least somebody was thinking about it. And we're going to see it in a little bit when it, the gift is working in these same disciples in the book of Acts in just a moment. But somebody's thinking, and you might be that person where you're in a group of people and you, you got one person on this side saying, hey man, let's teach them and have compassion. You got another group over here saying, send them away. And you in your mind, you're in your own little world doing the math. And you're kind of counting, okay, there's 10 there and 10 rows there. and five, seven, Okay, 5,000. All right, 5,000. It costs this much for bread and this kind of bread. But we don't want to get them that kind of bread. We don't want to get the cheap bread. We want to get the better bread. And then if we go to the better bread, they're going to have to bake it. And if they have to bake it, they'll probably charge us. And you're doing all that. 200 denarii. Now, 
I know some of you are like, oh man, that is how I think. That's the gift of administration. You can't help but think that way. That's your way of wanting to help. That's how you are used in the body of Christ. Because listen, somebody's got to do the math. Somebody's got to do the math. Somebody's got to think through how can we serve. It's the equivalent. This gift is the equivalent of what Jesus taught about counting the cost in Luke chapter 11. He said, how many people go to war and don't make sure that they have the amount of people that they need to fight and win that war? You too, how you guys need to count the cost. And he goes through all the different examples of thinking ahead and counting the cost. A person with the gift of administration and leading, they're able to count the cost for a larger group of people. And so here, Jesus, he says in verse 38, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they had five and two fish. Then he commanded him, this is the key, verse 39, make note of this. You may have never noticed this before, but I want to draw it out for you. He commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass, so they sat down in ranks, in hundreds and in fifties. That is a very precise direction that most people wouldn't think about. We got a lot of people to feed. I mean, think about it. Why would he have them sit down in ranks and in order in small little groups? There's 5,000 people there. Why don't we just throw food to them and let them get it? Here you go. Here you go. And you're just, let's get it done. Or, you know, maybe, uh, here, can you take one and pass it down? Can you take one and pass it down? Why did Jesus do this? This is the gift of administration. Sit down. Let's make it easier to serve them. You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And Ed, today we're talking about the gift of leadership. Now, you mentioned a little while ago that this is one of your spiritual gifts. How has the Lord used this in your life over the years? You know, when I look at the seven primary spiritual gifts in the book of Romans, I see so much overlap in my life of many of the gifts, and leadership is definitely one of them. God has just made me both in personality and now spiritually gifted to provide leadership uh, to those now within the body of Christ. Uh, and what a, what a blessing it is to, to see God use the presence of his Holy Spirit in my life to help others grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, to give direction, um, what is God's desire for a certain issue, and to stir up love and good works among his flock to move forward. And I'm just so honored and privileged. It's a, it's a humbling thing to lead in God's church and And remember, leading is just serving. And so this gift of leadership to provide provide direction and help is really born out of servanthood. I mean, it is the bridge to, to help other people, to come alongside of them, allowing the Holy Spirit to use our lives to lead. And I mean, I could go through example after example, Larry, of God using leadership, but it's enough to say that God is our true leader. And as we follow him, he will manifest himself in leaders, in spiritual leaders, servants in his church to give direction and to illuminate God's word in leading us into a fruitful, more abiding, beautiful relationship of grace with Jesus Christ. God bless you. You can request today's message or the complete set of studies in our series by calling 877-30-GRACE. That's 877 877- 
304-7223. Or if it's easier, drop by calvaryaurora.org where you can listen online for free. Abounding Grace is listener-supported. Every gift plays an important role in helping us bring the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. And when you support the ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, we'll say thanks by sending you Gene Edwards' book, The Prisoner in the Third Cell. When we go through difficult times, questions tend to surface, like, why would God allow this? No doubt John the Baptist had a few questions of his own as he was unjustly imprisoned by Herod. You'll look beyond the seemingly unfair circumstances to God's heart and purposes. It'll serve to help you navigate through the trials of life with the right perspective. So request a copy of The Prisoner in the Third Cell as you call us at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryaurora.org. And please remember, your financial support is not only needed at this time, but will be put to good use, helping people all across the nation learn about and grow by God's abounding grace. We look forward to continuing this study on the Holy Spirit next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In the meantime, let's be drawing on God's abounding grace for daily living. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Aurora.